Welcome to the First Time Facilitator Podcast. Whether you're a first-time facilitator or a seasoned pro, listen in for tips and tricks to make a bigger impact at the next workshop you deliver. And now, your host, Leanne Hughes. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Leanne Hughes, and I'm here to help you book out five more workshops for every workshop you deliver. Last week on the show, oh my goodness, if you haven't listened to that episode already, I don't want you, look, I don't want to knock you around from episode to episode, but it's awesome. Listen to it after this. It's with the rock star of consulting, Alan Weiss. Very, very helpful if you are a facilitation business owner, a corporate trainer, starting to want to get traction in your business listen to it. He's just got just a ton of amazing information, stories, metaphors that he shares as well. I'm really enjoying the shift of season, just to be honest. It's moving from winter into spring. Uh, September is my favorite month, not because it's my birthday month, but because it's spring. Just magical, crisp mornings, hot afternoons. I love it. Total bliss. Now this week, it's a solo episode and it's based on an experiment that I have been running this year using podcasting. And Yes, my hypothesis has been confirmed. I'm excited to share details on that in this one, and we'll kick off with that one very soon. As always, if you want to continue the conversation when the podcast is over, join our community of over 1,600, that's right, 1,600 facilitators from all over the world in the free group called The Flip Chart. If you want to support the show, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Leanne Hughes. And of course, show notes are always at the website for this one, firsttimefacilitator.com forward slash episode 189. Now, on to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Honestly, I think it's great that you are here. I think the idea that I'm about to share with you is at least it's worth a $10,000 idea to you. Look, why not $50,000, $100,000? And if you work for a big corporation, it could be a million-dollar idea that you're about to tune into. <laughs> so this idea applies to you, whether you are a consultant working externally, you work internally as a leader, as a director, you're trying to drive change in some way, you might work in comms, you're an L&D expert. It actually, I mean, look, it applies to anyone. It applies to anyone that wants to share ideas um, and use those to form opinions, create a culture, create excitement to progress. I'm here to give it to you today because I am so passionate about it. I want more of you. I want more people, more teams, more companies jumping into this medium. And with number one as my ideation strength, that's I'm talking about the Clifton Strengths tool. Look, I get new ideas all the time. And as I grow into my business, I learn it's not about the idea, it's about the execution and the focus. So what I want to do today is just provide some information to inspire you to maybe think about this. Um, but then it, it won't be worth the 10000 or the million dollars unless you implement it. And it isn't the most cutting edge idea, but it is the simplest. I've tried it this year, as I said, I tried this experiment and I've had great success using it. So what on earth am I talking about? Well, let's start with the context. Now, I don't know about you, but I sign up for a huge amount of online learning, whether it's an online like a webinar, an event, a online course, a program. You can fill in the blank here with your phrase that you use. And I always sign up with that just amazing intention and with incredible motivation. Often when it's free, I think, yep, I'll, I'll show up to this. But as I take out my credit card, if I have to pay for a program, I, I always say to myself, Hey, Leanne, this, this time, this is the program I'm going to engage in. I don't care if the event on is, is on at 2 a.m. my time. I will be there live. Now is the time. And if you're anything like me, you'll know that 
in a couple of weeks when that 2am live webinar is on, I'll go to bed the night before and I'll think, ah, do I really want to get up at 2am? And I say those famous words, I'll watch the recording. I'll watch the recording. It's that magical moment where you know, I get to sit down with a nice cup of coffee. I have Quincy and Milo, my dogs, on either side of me. I create that space and I enjoy and geek out on that recording. <laughs> and you know what? That moment, that opportunity to sit down and watch that recording never actually comes around. Well, look, it might, it might happen if I carve some intention out in time and maybe one out of 10 times I'll sit back. I don't know about you, but if you were to look at your inbox, I mean, for me over the last year, all those events I've signed up to, what I've actually sat down and watched, it's, look, I would say it's less than 10%. So if you run a course or if you have a mandatory session that you want everyone to see or attend, uh, 10% is not a good strike rate. You don't want to be creating content, creating an amazing event and only have 10% of your people show up and watch it, right? There's stats out that say that, only 5 to 10% of people actually complete an online course, make it to the end. I mean, that's insane. So obviously things aren't working in this space. And I, I hear a lot of strategies that try to mitigate it, like things like, oh, we'll go check attendance, we'll target people, we'll create communities around this. We will send multiple reminder emails to remind people to show up. And look, those are all well and good, but I'm also here to say, if we're using these sort of Band-Aid strategy, it's not even a strategy, using a Band-Aid, why don't we stop and let's rethink the approach to this? And the reason I have sort of explored this and I've really started thinking about it is because I started my own flagship program, the Booked Out Facilitator course, earlier this year. I didn't want it to be a program where people had insane, like insane motivation for week one and they forgot to watch in and get the recordings I wanted them to get the value and get the results. So then I started to think and I asked myself instead, how can I deliver this in a way which is a joyful experience for those who are attending? And when you start switching the question around rather than how do I get people to complete my online course and you ask, how can I create a joyful experience? The answer then, it's, it hits you in the face. And it was here all along. My response is you can do that through a podcast. And when I talk about the experiment, the experiment was that I was willing to run my own program through a podcast to test this out. And the number one piece of recurring positive feedback from participants in this latest cohort is that they love the podcast. They love they can listen on the go. Now, you as a podcast listener, I, I am preaching to the converted right here because you are, you've got me in between your, your ears right now. You know why it's so great. But you might also want to influence someone in your company or within your team to start a podcast for to, to do all the things, to create great learning experiences, to create a culture, to improve connection. If so, I suggest you send in this episode. Um, and you might be a listener, but you've never even thought of delivering your content or sessions using a podcast because you might also, like I was, you're caught up in that, oh, it needs to be a video course or every piece of content needs to be shared on a live Zoom call. Honestly, because that's where I was as well until I asked myself a new question. So let me share the seven reasons why I think you or your company needs to start a podcast for your, again, insert phrase here, your leadership training, your culture improvement initiative, your change management, your onboarding experience, your online program. This is why you need to start a podcast. Number one, it's low friction. 
I talk about low friction all the time in this podcast in the context of starting a workshop. When you start a workshop, I suggest opening up with some low friction questions. So rather than saying, why don't your leaders follow you? I, I don't know. That's like a really bad example. I usually start with something like, hey, do you prefer tea or coffee? Okay. It's pretty easy. You can answer very quickly. You don't have to overthink it, but people engage. Uh, and, and that's what I mean by low friction. It's easy to engage with it. Um, what I notice with any type of learning program or change initiative is you get like a series of emails. And first of all, who loves email? Who loves getting emails that's like, uh, I mean, I've seen so many leaders and companies that have thousands of unread email. You're not getting the cut through. The other thing that I see in organizations is companies using an external learning management system or tool, which requires you to log in. You have to use the computer to do that often. I mean, I've seen some great mobile responsive ones out, but it's still not, uh, I I don't know, it's still not as easeful as creating learning or creating an audio experience, which is available on an app that you already have on your phone, like Apple Podcasts, right? And usually with an LMS, you have to remember to log in. Whereas once your listener is set up, once your listener, your employee is set up in the podcast feed, they will get notifications. Like you get when you, if you're subscribed to this show, you're like, oh, a new episode of First Time Facilitator is out. They'll get the same thing, right? On their mobile phone, on their device, which is amazing, right? So that there's that trigger that Jonah Berger talks about in the book, Contagious. It creates a trigger as opposed to when you read your work email, you're in this work zone, you might think I might not have to do it now, but you could wake up in the morning and it's like, oh, wow, we've got a new podcast out about, oh, our town hall has been released. Um, it's a 20-minute t- listen or, or here are five key messages. I'll listen to it while I grab a coffee as an example. So I love that effect, that the fact that it's it's low ease, it's simple. You wake up and bang, it's in there and it's not associated with email or associated with work. It has a different energy to it. Now, talking about low friction, sure, it's low friction for your listener to take part of it, but it's also low friction for you, the host, or your contributors or guests on your on your program. So think about it. Would you, like, if I said to you, right, I want you to do an interview, you need to just we'll do it right now. I'm going to record it. It's going to be on video. Would you rather it be on video or would you rather it just be an audio only if you haven't really prepared? And a lot of the time, some of the best stories within a company, you could be talking to someone and you think, oh, I'd love to record this. I think this needs to be shared. And you can just record that audio on your mobile phone right there. And it's more easeful for your guest to say, yeah, I'll do it, as opposed to let's get a tripod, let's put this on video. For some reason, video, oh, look, I think we all know the reasons I shouldn't discard it that way. Video is tougher. Video is tougher. It's a reason why like, I do want to start a YouTube show, but I am recording this right now. It's eight o'clock in the morning. I'm in my active wear and that's okay because it's only audio. And if you work in a big team or organization, you want to make it as easy for your guests to take part in it. These um, Usually people within organizations, they haven't done a lot of media work or a lot of promotion on social media. Hopefully that changes, but this is a simple way of getting them to say yes to being a guest or sharing their story on your show. Number two, it's private. So a few years ago, I think companies were really keen on starting podcasts, but they were nervous to do it because their content would be released to the world and they're talking about information which needs to be private, right? So I totally get that. So what I'm talking about now is because of technology, I'm talking about a private podcast feed and it is the easiest thing in the world to set up. I use a tool called Hello Audio. Now, a link to that is in the show notes. Full transparency, if you use that link to sign up, 
you pay the same price as you would publicly, but I'll get a bit of a kickback. So just sharing that if you use that link, um, that'd be awesome if you want to support the show. But what it means though, so for my booked out facilitator program, you can search in your podcast feed for it. You will not find it unless you are a participant of that program. You won't have the RSS feed available to you to access it. So with a tool like Hello Audio, let's just say I was bringing it into a a company of 500 people. I'd get everyone's work email address. I would create their sign up link. They would sign up. I could see then who's like, like the number of downloads, not per episode yet, but get stats on who's actually engaging with this content. You can do all sort of cool, like really cool things with links. And anyway, I'm getting distracted there, but that's probably the, the, uh, it's the reason number two, it's because it's private. You can now start sharing more information about your business um, in the podcast medium as opposed to before like five years ago when it was all public. And if someone leaves your business, it's really simple. You can just revoke access. So again, when I work with companies and I talk about starting a podcast, that's often the number one objection. It's like, oh, we're not too sure. Well, it's all private now. So there you go. Problem solved. Number three is because, and look, this isn't in any order. I probably have my favorite one coming up, but number three is dynamic content. You're like, what does that mean, Leanne? Dynamic content. And I'm using podcast speak here, but I will explain it. So using Hello Audio, you can release dynamic content for your podcast. What that means is, let's just say you have a company podcast and you're releasing episodes every week and you have an upcoming live event that you want everyone to attend. It's super important they attend a town hall or contribute to it. You can release dynamic content around that time. So you might even hear dynamic content on today's episode. You might've heard a 20 second introduction clip where I was talking about my five part secret podcast series I'm bringing out in September. What I can do is I can apply this 20 second intro to every episode I've ever published. So if you're, you today are listening to episode one of First Time Facilitator, which I recorded back in 2018, you will hear that 20-second intro applied to that show right up front, right? So if you've got anyone joining a company or listening into a show and I have a town hall tomorrow, I could say, look, make sure you wear your blue shirt to the town hall. We can't wait to see you there. Okay, that's simple. I apply it to all the podcast episodes and it's a live intro. How amazing is that? Again, this is a new feature because of podcasting. So think about the implications that could have or the prompts that you could share as a result. You could even have questions like, uh, again, I'm riffing here. Hey, have you checked in on a team member today? Or, hey, before you listen to this episode, share a quick photo of where you are on our Yammer site right now, right? How cool is that? And as a course creator, you could also have dynamic content to remind people of your virtual office hours or of to submit questions on Q&A. You can change it at any time. It's pretty amazing dynamic content. Again, it used to be a very, very expensive feature of podcasting, but now tools like Hello Audio are letting you do it as part of the package. Number four is that you can drip content. So think about a tap, it's drip, drip, drip. I could see massive potential in this with podcasting. You could set up your whole onboarding sequence by dripping content. So if there's five things someone needs to know, you can create a five-day onboarding sequence where every day they receive one new piece of information about the company or a important tool they need to set up or one thing that they should do, right? So just move your onboarding checklist to something that's more dynamic and more fun. 
that's number four. I don't really need to, I mean, I think that makes sense. I won't elaborate on it any further. What I encourage you to do though, is think about the applicability of drip content. So even if you're running a leadership program and you do have live calls in between those, you could um, upload, well, the recording, first of all, upload the recording of that leadership, that live session that you had. You can then drip content related to a specific parts. So if it's, if week one is all about productivity, you can drip productivity interviews or stories from your team there, set it up for week two, right? It, how good? I mean, it's what I'm sharing is the the technology, but let's not be limited by that. Like the possibilities of this, I, I hope you're catching my passion and enthusiasm. Like I don't even think we've explored the potential of podcasting yet using these cool new features like dripping and dynamic content as well for building cultures and building that retention rate of your program. Number five, and all CEOs and solopreneurs love to hear this. Number five is it's low cost. If you consider the, like if you're getting in a videographer to do your show, but you think about podcasting. So hosting, using a tool like Holo Audio can be between say 50 to 80 US dollars a month. You can get an ATR 2100 microphone, which is what I use for my podcasting. It's around the $100 mark. I use Zoom to do a lot of my podcast interviews. So I pay $20 a month for Zoom. That's basically it. And you probably have Zoom access or Teams access already through your business. Uh, then you can use a tool if you w- want to edit GarageBand on the Mac. Uh, again, I'm not. this is not an episode about how to start a podcast, but it is so cheap. If you think about the cost per return ratio, I think is huge. And again, just creating an environment where someone doesn't wake up and think, oh, I've got to do that training. I've got to log on to the LMS. I've got to log in. I've got to sit down at this computer and just click, click, click. And hopefully a lot of learning programs have now evolved past that, but I still see it an awful lot. <laughs> so this is it. imagine waking up in the morning. It's like, hey, you've got this 10-minute podcast episode to listen to how our company is embracing sustainability, right? So you bang, you listen to it, 10 minutes. You can play it in 1.5, two times the speed. It's a different experience. So yeah, the cost per return, I think, is massive. Number six is that it is a development opportunity for someone like yourself who maybe runs a business or for someone internally as well. I've got to say that the coolest, I I love being a podcast host. It has just, um, if you've listened to the podcast since day one, you've noticed the shift in how the people I've been talking to, the opportunities I've been offered as a result of just hosting a podcast. Um, Hopefully you've also heard that I've become, I hopefully am a better interviewer uh, because if you get on a microphone every week to do a show, you'll find that you'll naturally improve. And as a result, I think I've become a better facilitator as well, a better listener, right? We know better listeners become our better facilitators. So think of this as an amazing way to develop talent within your business, whether they are the host or whether they are sharing their story as a guest. I mean, of course, as a result as well, the network that you build. So if I was working internally and I get to interview people from around the world on my internal podcast, how great is that for A, building my brand, B, building my network, C, building collaboration opportunities, D, career growth, because I'm connecting with people. Plus, it positions me as a peer with those people. It's just the ultimate tool for personal brand building, for networking, for positioning, as well as learning about technology uh, and just jumping in and just showing that you're the type of person that likes to get stuck in and involved. So if, like, if you are feeling stagnant in your role and you're not too sure how to get more connected, man, start a podcast. 
And number seven, I am saving the best for last year. It creates the best culture. The, 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 the best culture. So what we're doing here through audio is we're telling stories and the level of relationships that are built through podcasting are incredibly intimate. I have met some of my favorite podcasters and we've just skipped the small talk, which is kind of weird for them because like they don't know me, but from my perspective, I can jump in and just ask questions or I can say, Hey, I remember the story you, you told and it just creates immediate connections. And and even um, thank you for, for listeners that have reached out to me and have shared insights about the podcast and sometimes some shared some stories back or words or phrases that I use, such as contrast. When that's sung back to me, it's the most amazing thing. So imagine creating that for yourself or for the leaders in a business or team members. Because of the remote work environment, we are really struggling to have a depth of connection. If you join a new business right now and your team is located around the world, where is that sense of loyalty coming from? I don't know if we're actually hitting it yet. I think it's something that still needs to be figured out. But I think a podcast is the ultimate tool for connection. And if I joined a company and I was hearing stories about someone in another country working on a project, I would and you know it resonated with how they did it, what their approach was. I'd reach out to them, I'd connect with them, and we could have a better conversation as opposed to just being on Zoom, WebEx or Teams calls, talking about KPIs, logging off. You are listening to podcasts. You are building up relationships with the podcast guests that you're listening to. You feel compelled to take action and reach out to them when you feel or hear something great from what they've said. So why not create that experience for others? And those are the seven reasons why. So let's go back and recap them. Number one, a podcast is low friction. No one watches a recording. <laughs> okay, it's easy to engage with. Number two, it's private. So don't worry about security and releasing confidential information. You'll tie it down to the people that get well that will um, are required to get access to it. Number three is dynamic content. So you can balance up the evergreen nature of just a, a show and then time a live event or live launch with the release of your show as well and it backdates it. Number four is you can drip content. So imagine the possibilities there, particularly in regards to onboarding someone. Number five, it's low cost. It really costs nothing and the return on investment is, there's a huge potential in it. Number six, it's a development opportunity for either yourself or someone who works internally. Like I said, the knock-on effects of hosting a show are tremendous. And number seven, it develops the best culture and the best connections within the people in your program or in your company. So those are top seven. I reckon I could riff on with more. Maybe I do a part two of this, but if you are curious and want help in kicking off your workshop or want ideas, just shoot me a message on LinkedIn or an email, hello at leannehughes.com. And if you would like a taste of what it's like to be a private podcast listener. So on the other side, what's that experience like? Um, head on over to bookedoutfacilitator.com because I am doing a secret podcast on the five secrets to booking out your facilitation business next month. Hope you enjoyed this one. Reach out, connect, share it on social media if you found it interesting. Share it with the people internally that run your comms and go, look, I think this is an idea for us and watch your culture turn around. And if you're an online course creator, just watch the retention, watch the engagement of your program to shoot through the roof as a result of converting it to a low friction private podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show. Chat to you next week.